Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. We've got Craig Mostin here today with Most Insurance. Find him online at mostins.com for auto, home, life, small and medium business insurance. These are the guys I send people to. I want you to go there too. And, and Eric and Craig and Bob have sponsored this show since the very beginning. And these guys have been so supportive. Keep an eye work for him on the air as it was a fledgling show to today where we're on 255 days a year. Craig Most, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. Great to be here. We're going to talk today, really, we're going to take a, a, a radical approach. We're going to talk about life insurance and, and really the, the kinds of conversations that start to happen this time of year. Because we spend a lot of time with family, whether we like it or not, between now and New Year's. And what I found as an insurance agent for all these years is that people get thinking about Wow, I need to provide for my families, and they get to they get to the new year, and they call their agent. And go, I need to buy some life insurance because I got people to provide for. So I want to dig deep into that topic. But before we do, because we're in Thanksgiving week, I mean it's Thanksgiving Eve. I'm about ready to get in a six hour backup so I can drive to Jacksonville and enjoy time with my family this weekend, and I, I'm just grateful for it. Okay, maybe I'm not, but I'm good. If, if anybody's got a spare helicopter, I would love to just be helicoptered over to maybe Claremont or something like that. That would be really neat. How has your relationship with Christ played into your ability to be thankful for things in your life? Well, that's a great question, Jim. And and really, what it boils down to is 
taking a whole different level to thankfulness. Uh, we, people commonly are thankful for the, the tangible things in their life. They're thankful for their health. They're thankful for the roof over their house. They're thankful for family. Um, but really the relationship that I continue to build with, with Jesus Christ and, and with God gives me a whole different level of thankfulness that, that can't be measured. I am thankful and grateful for forgiveness. I am thankful and grateful for God's grace. I am, I'm a walking train wreck, and without <laughs> His grace, uh, I couldn't do anything on my own. I'm grateful and thankful for the power that He provides me. All the good in my life is because of Him not because of anything I do. And so the the thanksgiving is an opportunity to, to have those tangible, and, and, and I'm thankful for my blessings, and I'm thankful. It's not to devalue those things, but in the grand scheme of things, eternal life is such a whole different level than having a roof over your head. I'm grateful and thankful I have a roof over my head, but it's good to know where I will be for all eternity. But isn't it hard to carry that in? You know, it, I wake up in the morning and I'm a, a much more, it's much easier for me to be thankful when I'm well rested. And, and I spend my prayer time in the morning and then I go into the office and I get all caught up in whatever's going on in the office, whatever it may be. Deal with customers, deal with employees, whatever it may be. Do you have a hard time carrying that thankfulness into your job some days? Well, I think that there is always obstacles to your thankfulness. And I think that like many things um, that you have to, to practice, you have to be thankful. And, and at those times when things are most difficult, that's when you need to be the most thankful. I had dinner with a good friend of mine last night, and, uh, and a lot of challenges are going on in his life, and I've got a lot of obstacles in my life right now. And, you know, he, he first said, hey, how you doing? You looking good? What's going on? And I said, you know, I'm I am blessed with so many opportunities. And, and as we talk throughout the night, you know, I discuss some of the frustrations or challenges in our lives right now. But he said, I just admire how you're thankful and you see these opportunities as a positive. I think that type of attitude is what I want people to see through me. But that then helps me through those difficult challenges when I have those adverse moments. And that in itself is, a, is proof of the radical transformation of Jesus Christ in your life. Absolutely. Just the way you answered that question. All right, Craig Most and I are going to kind of battle through, hey, what's Thanksgiving look like for our families? And then talk about the subject that this time of year, as we start to really think life insurance, what is it really all about? And then some other great Christmas claim stories. I've got one that you just have got to tune in for. I've been an insurance agent for 25 years, no longer active. I just refer business to the most brothers, but I got a Christmas turkey story you cannot miss. That'll be later on past the bottom of the half hour. How about that? A, a little, I never get to do that, Craig. An insurance I, teaser? I, I mean, I never get to do an insurance teaser. I love that. I, I just, <laughs> I got some great stories. I got some great stories. Hey, here's the bottom line. Water your stinking Christmas tree. Uh, okay. So Craig, how does your family celebrate Christmas? Or well, Okay. Not Christmas. Ah, I tricked you. How about Thanksgiving? Well, it really varies. This year, we're, we're very fortunate to have most of the family here in Tampa. And, uh, and so my brother and, and his family will be hosting. My folks will be in town. Uh, my family will, will go down to his house. And then we're having a number of, of internationals and, and people who don't have families to spend Thanksgiving with. Uh, so we're going to just have a nice get-together, about 20 people, and, and some great fellowship and an opportunity to spend time together as a family. Uh, other years, a lot of the family gathers up in, in uh, Virginia, uh, up in the mountains, and, and does a whole different uh, festive dinner there. But Thanksgiving is about getting together with family, but also extending the opportunity to friends who don't have family. 
um, especially those that, that may not even be from this country, that, that Thanksgiving is this foreign concept. Right, they don't even know what it's about. It's a huge opportunity to, to not only just be be sharing and giving of yourselves and of tradition, but it's a great opportunity to also make an impact in their lives from a from a Christ standpoint. You know, I, I've, I've got friends from Canada, and they've got their own Thanksgiving Day. It's in October. Uh, but I was sitting this morning next to, in, in, at a breakfast meeting next to a British lady, and the Thanksgiving was when we were grateful to be escaping the, the British. <laughs> they don't really understand it either, nor do they appreciate peanut butter. For those of you out there that are British, you understand. So it, it is, you know, our family, when we're all together, there's always a lot of food and it's always noisy. But I don't know that on Martha's side of the family, we've had a big get together. But a lot of my family is in Minnesota and they're all mm. getting together this weekend. We get to go celebrate Thanksgiving with my son's married family his his wife's family this weekend they, she's got seven brothers and sisters and they're all almost all married and they're so it's going to be a crazy huge crowd full of people dogs and cats oh very cool and we're not eating the dogs and cats we're eating a turkey well what's beautiful about the the uh, the blessing of thanksgiving down here in florida is it's nice and warm out. I mean, I think many years we'll probably swim in the pool tomorrow at some point in time just because it's fun to tell your friends who live up north and are shoveling snow that, oh, yeah, you hopped in the pool to go swimming before you went ahead and had your turkey. Absolutely. Well, yeah, because it's cold, it's snowing up there, and I'll be in shorts and a T-shirt and outside maybe throwing the football, doing something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely having a good time. But, you know, my what's your favorite food at Thanksgiving dinner? Has to be the family recipe... Uh, pumpkin pie. Really? It goes back in my father's side uh, a few generations and uh, just you eat all the rest to get to the pumpkin <laughs> pie. Uh, but you always have to make extra pumpkin pies because that is hands down the largest item that goes. Wow. Okay. And see, for me, my favorite, it's the cranberry relish. Martha's mom has this recipe for cranberry relish. It's all healthy stuff except for the sugar that they put in. Fresh cranberries, fresh apples, fresh oranges. Fr- I mean, all this fresh stuff and then a cup of sugar. Uh, but it is, it's just fantastic. Just love that. Well, the whole meal, really. I mean, you just can't go wrong with Thanksgiving meal. I mean, whether it's the stuffing or the turkey or, or just the traditional meal, that's all so good. I mean, that's why Boston Market exists. I mean, they sell <laughs> Thanksgiving meals year all round. All year long. That's so right. That's right. They figured out if you pick one meal to do well, do that one well, and, and you'll be in business. Now, you've got employees that um, well, we both have given our employees the four-day weekend off. Absolutely. So why do you do that? Well, we are thankful for our employees. We're thankful for Eric, Bob, Jennifer, Tammy, Sylvia, Domingo, Corey, Brian, Abby, Scott, Nor, Jacinia, and Haley. Thankful for them for all that they do for the customers out there, for the customers that are ours, for the for the potential future customers. We're thankful for what they do in helping families take care of themselves or in educating people. I'm very thankful for the impact that these individuals uh, make in their communities and their families and so if we have an opportunity to make an impact on them and just say thank you for all that you do year round that they can then in turn share some of that thanks as well that that's a great way to to share blessings and, and just magnify it through people you're very close to yeah it's one of those funny things there was years and years ago that i worked on a friday after thanksgiving i looked at myself and I'm like this is stupid Nobody's working. They're shopping. They're home with family. Everybody, family came in from all over the country. Why would you go to work? Now, I'm sorry for those of you that are working retail. It's a busy day. 
It is. Or the movie theaters. Or the, the movie theaters. Well, when we were with Martha's family, all the guys would always go to a movie on Friday, on Black Friday. The girls would go shopping. We would go to the movies. And it was always some guy movie that the girls would never go to. Sure. I don't know if there's any great movies coming out this weekend. I know that there's a big one coming out here in a couple of weeks. Uh, something about a war up in the sky. Star, star, star <laughs> Wars or something. Hey, you know, you, you showed me up there, so I got to make sure I say, you know, I'm thankful to Julia, Katie... Uh, Martha and I are both thankful for Julia, Katie, Cheryl, Noah, Connie, Pam, Chris, and Bob, part of our team there at Trust Services. It's it just, it's nice to just say we've got incredible employees that help us to serve all of our customers. It's just, it's a lot of fun. So what's your favorite, I mean, after the Thanksgiving meal tomorrow, what's your favorite thing to do with your girls this this Thanksgiving weekend? What do you, Is there some special tradition you guys have? So just our immediate family, my, my wife and I and the girls, uh, our tradition is the weekend, usually the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we go up to a, a Christmas tree farm up just north of Dade City, and we cut down our own Florida pine Christmas tree every year. Where is that? So it's called Urgles. It's just on 301, just north of Dade City. Um, they, they also do other kind of plants and, and berries during the berry season. They even import a lot of trees. So if, if you really want that Bruce Bruce and the blue-looking trees and those that look like they've got snow on them. ones that smell good. They've got those as well. But they have just row after row of Florida native pines. And so they don't look glitzy. But you can pick your tree, you take your bow saw, you cut it down, you take it You have to it do it over, yourself? They don't do it for you? You do it all yourself. You so put you it up bring next a to the stick, you pay it for a couple of dollars per foot. But it's just the enjoyment of going out, and we've done that every year we've lived here. My wife and I used to do it when we lived up north in uh, New England. Um, but just going out and, and the thrill and the enjoyment of picking your tree, hauling it home, throwing it in the truck, and, and then getting it home and getting ready to dress it you know, at later that time. Uh, the kids have been anxious this year to do decorate. They have been asking for three weeks, Dad, Dad, now that Halloween's over, can we decorate for Christmas? I'm like, not until after <laughs> Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah. Martha's been ready to decorate for Christmas since July 4th. And, and Martha, <laughs> I hope you're listening because we, you know, I think we should go to Dade City and cut our own Christmas tree. That's a great idea. You know, one of the things when we lived up north, we always had the uncle, nephew, Football game in the snow, always, because it was always snowy by Thanksgiving time, or it was boot hockey if there was no snow, but the lakes are always frozen because it's already sure. been freezing cold up there. But since we moved to Florida, our favorite part about Thanksgiving weekend, Indian Rocks Beach and Bel Air Beach this weekend, garage sales. Garage sales. Really? Hundreds and hundreds of garage sales. They only do it twice a year. It is absolutely hilarious what people sell. It's your own Black Friday. It's our own Black Friday at severely discounted prices. So that's one of our, our, our things. Cool. I don't I will not go shopping on Friday. No. I will no go I will not go shopping on Thursday. And I recommend all of you Christ followers listening today, do not go shopping tomorrow night. You know, people the retailers need to understand we don't need to go shopping on Thursday. Give it a break. Why can't people in America get one day off? Well, it's, it, you know, a lot of the things that even we talk about, it's priorities. People's priority is so much about get, get, get. Now, a lot of people do that to give. The question you have to, to ask to give. is, are they doing, are those that are there at midnight on um, Thanksgiving night there to do it for other people? And if they are, you know, Pat, you know, my hat's off to him. I mean, that's just not for me. Much like you, I will not be caught dead near a store that has anything to do with shopping on Black Friday. But, uh, you know, maybe they're there to do it for somebody else. So, again, not my cup of tea, but it is a huge opportunity to to 
you know, watch chaos unfold. That's right. And just stay home and enjoy your family. Hey, my sister wants a clarification. She's texting me during the show from the frozen tundra, Minnesota. And she goes, it's 50 outside. Stop telling people how miserable Minnesota is. No, I think the snow and the cold is awesome. I wish we had a section of Florida that could have snow and cold so I could go there all the time. But I know it's nice up there, sister, but... Tomorrow it's not supposed to be 50. Let's just let's just make that clear. I know what the forecast is for tomorrow. So, but thank you very much, they, sister. They Sue. do have those ice and snow places. They're called hockey rinks. Oh, that's right. We do we have should, a couple of containers, and we crank rinks. up the air condition in there. All right, we're talking with Craig Most today for Most Insurance. Find him online at mostins.com. Craig, being grateful, being thankful, is that a choice or does it happen for you naturally? I think it's something that it's, it's a little bit of both. It happens naturally, but it doesn't happen enough naturally. So it's something that I have to practice and, and keep at it. Uh, what are the statistics? To, to master something, you have to spend thousands and thousands of hours of doing something. Well, and being grateful in those difficult times, you have to practice doing it. You know, I think about I, for me, it I can I find it very easy in the morning to be thankful for my wife, for my kids by noontime. I really struggle with being thankful because I've just let the whole world just pile a whole bunch of garbage on my shoulders and I'm just having a hard time being thankful and grateful. And, and so I almost need a reset button at noon. And maybe if I just took a nap at noon time, maybe it would help me do it. But I really, I let the world kind of take that over. I find mornings very easy. Absolutely. But it is, it's a choice mm -hmm. to be thankful and be grateful is a choice. Now, you got two little girls. They're like seven and eight, seven and nine now? It's six and ten. Six and ten. Hey, six and nine. Hey, six, nine, six nine, ten, nine. whatever there you got right go. now. Okay. So um, how do you, how are you proactively teaching them to be thankful and grateful? About this time last year, uh, we sat there and, and thinking about being grateful um, and wanting to introduce that to them at a very young life when they're very impressionable and they can build good habits. Um, came up with the idea that before every dinner we sit together we, we say our, our prayer and the blessing. And then as we're starting to eat, we go around the table and everyone has to say something they're thankful for. Something mm, that nice. happened that day at school or thankful for the swim coach or thankful that they have a roof over their head or thankful something that impacted them that day. And, and no one's allowed to get up and refill their drinks or get more food or excuse themselves until everyone at the table gets to say their thankfuls. And so that has been a blessing because I've watched my daughters mature over the last year. The first time I was like, um, I'm thankful that there's a sky. Um, to, to my six-year-old after on a Sunday, you know, I'm thankful for, for God and I'm thankful for our Bible and that, that helps tell us you know, how to live. And I'm thankful for my family. And it's just, it's so encouraging for them to recognize what to be thankful for. And, and we do put parameters on it. You can't cop out and say, oh, excuse me, can you say that again? <laughs> can't say, uh, I don't know. Can't, can't say what she said. We tried that for a little while. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful. Ditto to mommy said. No, that doesn't work. You need to be thankful. And if you want to be thankful for the same thing mommy is, great. You can echo that. But then you have to come up with something that's unique to you that day that you're thankful for. And it forces the kids at a young age to think about. It. At the same time, it gives my wife and I the great opportunity to model the behavior of being thankful and grateful in front of the children. So it doesn't always have to be church-related or religious-related. It can be, I'm thankful for the teachers who, who taught me something new in science today. But it gives you that introspection to look at everything and say, 
I truly am thankful because, oh, by the way, mom and dad are going to call me out on this. I'd better have something. <laughs> Be ready for this one. But it, it, then as you listen to it, then what's fun is as the ta- it goes around the table, when it's all done, someone says, I've got another thankful. Can I, is, can I go now? It's, Absolutely. There's always time to be thankful and share. And it has turned the conversation in such a more positive manner instead of the old conversation that, that I went through growing up. How was your day at school? Eh. What did you learn today? Eh. Did you go to school? <laughs> yep. So did you learn anything? I don't know. And, <laughs> yeah. and it, it eliminates all of that because it forces you to, to actually engage in thought and doing so in a thankful manner. Yeah, I just, when I'm... That's one of those great things. And I missed the opportunity today in our employee meeting to say, I, we talked about issues. We always share prayer requests and pray for people. And, but I didn't take time to say, what are you thankful for? But that's a good one. I think we need to do that more often. Almost every day should be thankful for something because we've got customers making an impact. We've got spouses that are supporting us. We've got great kids. We live in a country that's amazing. Despite what it looks like, we live in a country that's amazing. In fact, yesterday, you see the incredible thing? They launched a rocket 64 miles into the air. And they brought it down and landed it on four feet. I mean, they landed it on four legs. They, br- they launched it, and they landed it. That's just amazing. 64 miles straight up. And that was uh, the guy that founded Amazon, sponsored this whole deal. And, and Bezos been, or something like that. I don't know, the guy that owns Amazon. He's got a few dollars. I don't know about you, but he's a, little, he's a big guy. But they were able to launch a rocket and let it fall to the sky and then launch a retro rocket to be able to land it on the ground so they could reuse it again. That's amazing. I mean, that's Cool. Mm-hmm. And someday, some people listening to the on the air today will pay for a trip to go up there and come back down. Not me. I've seen what it looks like from the <laughs> from the space station. I'm good. I'm not going 64 miles into the air. I don't like going out <laughs> seven miles on the Gulf. Okay. So as we get into this family time, because Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and New Year's, we spend a lot of time with family. And I know as as an agent that used to be active in the business, that January was a time when a lot of families were thinking about life insurance because all of a sudden they realized how special of a privilege it was that they've got family and they had the opportunity to provide for them. As long as they were healthy, they could buy life insurance to provide for the family should they not remain in existence because we're all going to die. Absolutely. That's the guarantee. We're all going to die. So I want to dig into that conversation about life insurance. And I'm not sure the best way to start, but let's just... Well, you guys sell life insurance, right? Absolutely. That was a good way to start. Okay. Absolutely. So when you think about life insurance, what is the one thing that comes to the top of your mind about why people should buy life insurance? To take care of those that they love. I mean, and life insurance is the one insurance that if you purchase it and you keep an active policy, that it will pay. You buy car insurance, you buy homeowner insurance, you buy insurance for your business. You spend the money each year. You hope you never actually need it. Right. Life insurance, it will pay. You will need you it. You will die. And that way, it's really life insurance is love insurance. It is taking care of your family. It's taking care of your expenses. It's taking care of a charity or a church or something else that you love. And so it right. really is a way to, to cement your legacy. Life insurance is love insurance. And that's on a video you guys have. Here's the deal. Those of us that are, are in marriage, one of us is going to die first. Remember, you take that, uh, that oath at the, at the altar, until death do us part. Well, here's the bottom line. One of you is going to die first, and then, the, well, maybe not. Maybe you both die at the same time, but you've got the opportunity to make sure your family is provided for. Now, Martha and I, we're empty nesters, so there really isn't, we don't have kids we still got to send through college. We don't have kids that still need to be fed. They're off on their own. Life insurance becomes an issue more of a state preservation and 
And if we want to, when we die to bless a, a nonprofit or a church organization and things like that, our grandchildren or our great grandchildren. But for Craig, for you, it's a pretty big deal because if you or your bride die today, you leave behind a six and a nine year old. They got a lot of years ahead of them. You've got all of their years. You've got the final expenses. You have the stress of the other parent having to take care of the children. You have college planning to take care of. You got two dollars. You got two weddings. So you have all of these expenses that are there that you really neglect and don't think about until all of a sudden that person is no longer there to help from a time or help with an income. How do you get your kids to school if the person who passed away is the one who took them to school? Yeah, A lot of people think, okay, well, my wife stays at home with the kids. I don't really need as much life insurance on her. Absolutely. In fact, if let's just say you're making $80,000 a year. Guess what? If you're not insuring your wife for $80,000 a year, you're a fool because you know what it costs to hire a cook, a cleaner, a taxi driver, uh, an organizer, uh, a tutor. It's a lot of money, maybe even more than what you're making. Hey, I wanted to read the scripture verse. 1 Timothy 5.8 says this very clearly. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbelievable unbeliever. Let me just tell you this. I see it all the time. Husbands dropping dead and having zero life insurance for their families. That's not acceptable in a Christ-following household. It's plain old simple, not acceptable in any household. But this, I mean, as Christ followers, it's scriptural. We're not making this up. And this is a way most of us don't have three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars sitting around to pass on to our family. But if we die, it's an easy thing to do at a fairly reasonable price. Absolutely. There's a lot of options with that. And the biggest benefit is, is also goes through tax-free. So it's one of the few times that even the government says, you know what? Not, you not should, yet. You should do this as of now because we're not going to smack you and take a, our lump sum out of the whole thing. Now, there's there's so many different levels of life insurance. There are different kinds of life insurance. There's really different reasons to get it, whether you're in a business to, to take care of that. Um, final expenses are just a certain amount. So what type of life insurance you're going to get kind of depends on your circumstances and how much you can afford. But you're right. You have a lot of different reasons to get life insurance. If you have kids, if you have grandkids, one of the things we haven't even talked about here so far with life insurance is the guarantee insurability. You talk about young children. Why would I want to, you know, I want to buy a life insurance on my spouse or myself. So that way, if one of us passes away, the other either doesn't have to rush right out and start working, but has the resources to be able to take care of and continue to raise your family. Okay, got that. But why would you want to get it on your kids? Well, A, it's very, 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 very inexpensive. B, most children, when they're born, are healthy. And so but they not all. Get, not all, but most are healthy. And so they, if you get a life insurance policy when they're very young, before they develop cancer, before they develop diabetes, before they develop a lot of these different diseases that will then make it impossible or very, very difficult for them to get life insurance later, they have something to begin with. A lot of these policies you can buy on young children, you can grow by just putting a little bit of money into it. You know, you could start out a $50,000 policy, which is very inexpensive, and they have the ability to buy more insurance. So even if they get to be in their 20s and they have Crohn's disease in which they can't buy further insurance, because they already have that policy, they have that gift to then pass on to their kids or their family. Well, we did that on our kids. When our kids were little, under two, we bought... Uh, $40,000 policies in either one with a guaranteed insurability option. Mm-hmm. So that from the time between 21 and 41, they had 10 opportunities to buy $40,000 of life insurance right. without any proof of insurability. 
So that means they could get a total of 400 additional thousand, with, even if they were they, they were losing limbs from leprosy. Right. I mean, you know, whatever it may be, they could get insurance. And and the beauty of that is, so my parents did much the same for us. So once I was in my 20s and I then started to have a family and I needed to secure my own life insurance, I needed a larger policy. I was able to take the money, the cash value that had been built in this policy, cash it out and apply it to a new life insurance policy for 10 times the amount that the policy that my parents had. It was a way to to pass on some savings to me because I was healthy enough. On the flip side, a former colleague of mine, she had done this for each of her children. One of her children developed an illness after the age of 15, could never buy life insurance ever again. Now as a mother of two children, at least because of this product, she has $100,000 worth of life insurance, which is that enough? We could argue that, but I tell you what, $100,000 is a lot better than $0. And so she has that to give to her kids because she had it because her parents got it for her when she was an infant. Here's what I know. Martha and I deal with a lot of married couples. We deal with a lot of families. We've taught, we've taught uh, small groups at our church for years, and we've had many of, I've had many of my buddies die in their 40s leaving behind families without life insurance. It's just not acceptable because it's, it's super cheap. I mean, it, it is very cheap. And all these guys could have gotten life insurance policies because nobody knew they were sick because they just did one of those, one day they're gone. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it's just stop for a minute because this, this is a state. I found this in Reader's Digest in 1991. If every woman knew what every widow knows, no family would be without life insurance. Why? Because the widows now have to go work one or two or three jobs. They have to do all the jobs that dad used to do and raise the kids still and provide for everybody. And it, as we all know, it's harder for women to make as much money as men in this culture. It's still the truth. And it's a lot of pressure. It, it, it is impossible to do it all. And, and if you've got the money, at least you can still be mom. If, Absolutely. If, and life insurance is not like, you know, a, a lottery ticket. It is to provide for who, those who are left behind so they don't have to change their lifestyle. It's not so they can cash it in and buy a mansion. It's so that they don't have to change where they're at. They've Absolutely. Got a, they've got a chance to just maintain. Craig, you said you wanted to, So life insurance, if they want to get a hold of you, they can look you up online at mostins.com. you got this great video out there that, that's called, is it, what, what do you? What, life insurance is love insurance. That's what it is. Life insurance is love insurance. Go out to mostins.com and you can hear that. You want to talk about a couple of the different pieces of, of insurance. Absolutely. Because at this time of year, people are out shopping. They spend a lot of time with family. You know, one of the biggest claims I ever had, I had two big claims. Uh, one was right after Christmas, one when I was an insurance agent, and one was right during, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I believe it was on Thanksgiving, way back when. But a couple had just cooked their turkey and one of those aluminum pans, and there was a hole in the bottom of the pan. And so there was grease all the bottom of the oven. After the Turk took the turkey out, letting it cool, they pulled the lever and clicked uh, uh, auto clean or whatever, whatever. What do they call that anymore? Self-cleaning oven. Self-cleaning oven. Okay, to self-clean the oven. Bad idea. All that grease lit up on fire, filled the house with smoke. No fire damage in the home because all the fire was contained by the oven. Mm. The fireman came, ripped the oven out, threw it out on the back porch because it was frozen tundra, so you know it, it didn't hurt anything except for the floor because they drug it out of there. Smoke damage was $100,000. Everything was covered with synthetic mm. soot because the oven had gone to like... 800 or 900 or 1,000 degrees. Sure. <clears throat> that kind of stuff happens at Christmas time. It does. Christmas tree fires. I mean, amazing. Now we got LED lights. Those are almost impossible to light on fire, but electrical fires, Christmas trees. If you ever really want to know why people tell you to be very careful to keep your tree watered, 
Just take it outside on New Year's and put a match to it. Sure. And watch it go up in three seconds. The heat is amazing. Absolutely. So, but that's not what you want to talk about. You want to talk about all the stuff that people buy. Absolutely. And the big thing, so everyone's getting ready for uh, for Black Friday. And this is the time to give. And this is the time that you want to get that piece of jewelry or watch for your significant other. Or maybe this is the time you want to go out and get that jet ski for Christmas. Or, or all like of those different think. type of toys and expenses that you spend so much time saving for. I mean, people spend all year putting away money for Christmas. And they buy the item. But rarely, Jim, are they then thinking, how am I going to protect this item that I've just saved all of this money all year for? When in reality, they can protect most of it with insurance very inexpensively. So first thing is save the money to buy the item. Second thing is, absolutely. Second thing is, how do I protect it in that way in case if it's stolen or if it's broken or if something happens? So a lot of times jewelry is very popular because there's a lot of gifts and because people then put the boxes out on the side of the street afterwards. Every kiss begins with K. There is a lot of crime and theft after Christmas time. people are looking at your boxes going, they oh, look I at got a new. A flat screen TV. I know what house I'm going to go visit. Well, that used to be a big deal. Now everybody's got a flat screen TV. Very you can true, buy it at Walmart but, for 200 bucks. So, But that's the, the whole thing is there's a lot of theft at this time of year. There's a lot of there's a lot more chance of fire this time of year with mm-hmm. people running the heaters. Not as much here in Florida, but you have that problem of more chances for a loss this time of year. So, but let's a, just, let's just say that I buy Martha a new diamond ring, or she buys me a new expensive watch. Sure, which that would never happen because I'm not wearing a watch. I live in Florida. Why would you care? Anyway, you get funny tan lines. You get, and yeah, we're still, totally wreck your tan. As if we have jobs, we don't have tan lines. <laughs> All right, but so she gets me this five thousand dollar watch, but it's covered by my homeowner's insurance, isn't it? Well, in theory, it could be, but it's not. And just because you can, does that mean you should? I mean, that's I a question that's you ask yourself question. quite often. The best way to insure it is on its own policy. If you put it on your homeowner's policy, which some carriers will allow you to do. Called scheduling. Scheduling it on your policy. If you do that, and let's say that watch, you lose it. Maybe you're out on the water or on the boat and it falls off your wrist. You've lost the watch. Or someone breaks into your house and steals the watch. My watch is gone. I need to replace it. First of all, do you want to have a claim on your homeowner's policy, especially here in Florida, for a theft? The answer is no. No, 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 no. Why? Why? Because the surcharge that kicks in. So if you have a claim on your homeowner's policy that is not an act of God, fire, lightning, hurricane. Those are actually Why do they blame all that stuff on God? Eh, Because he's the only one who can make the thunder, the lightning. So if it's not an act of God, then it's going to count against you for filing the claim, and it will count against you for three years. So they're going to surcharge your policy. Sometimes it's up to 20% of your premium. So if you say, I pay $2,000 a year, you're not going to pay an extra $400 next year because you had a claim. And it's hard. To, you can't shop your insurance. You never, nobody's going to take With it for claims, three years. No one wants to touch you because you have a non-act of God claim. So the worst thing you could do is save a couple of dollars by putting that watch on your homeowner's policy. Now it's insured, but now you'll never file that claim. Put it on its own policy or on a jewelry policy where you pay a couple of dollars. But if, if that watch is stolen... You file a claim there, and it's a throwaway policy. You can always get another policy for the new item. 
but you don't want to tie that to your homeowners. Homeowners insurance is the most sacred insurance here in Florida. Because it's hard to stink and it's get. It's hard to get, and, and you need it to be portable. Yet you, you don't want the option of, of shackling your homeowners by attaching small jewelry. Craig, final question. This Friday starts the Christmas shopping season. And it's crazy. And what I'm amazed at is how many people buy a whole bunch of stuff and they stick it in their backseat of their car. Why is that a bad idea? Because most of it is not going to be covered. If you have any coverage in case someone breaks into your car, it's not your auto insurance that's going to provide any coverage. If you have any coverage whatsoever, it would be your homeowner's policy. And for the same reasons we talked about not putting your jewelry or your watch on your homeowner's policy, again, this would be a theft. It's not an act of God. It is a bad thing because you're probably not going to have any coverage. And unless you bought a boatload of valuable stuff and you put in your car, you're going to have your deductible on your homeowner's policy. So and you, the deductible on your car policy for the damage that they did to break so, into your so, car. So don't give the thieves an early Christmas. If you do need to store something in your car, put it, lock it in your trunk or put a blanket over it. So it's right. not – they'll go to the next car with someone who didn't think ahead. Right. And, and I'm amazed at how many people leave their purses or their wallets in their car. Or their car running when they run into the store, yeah. and then they take 10 minutes and their car is running. Let's use Duh. a brain. You don't need your car to be heated in Florida. No. But, but you know, even in Minnesota where you need your car to be heated, you got remote start. You can do that. It's no big deal. But think ahead because you put yourself in danger. And if somebody breaks into your car and they're really a smart thief, there's a lot of information in your car about you that they can get. And then come borrow your garage door opener and come visit you later at your house. Stealing your stuff would be the least of your problems. That's right. So be smart. Hey, we talked about life insurance. We talked about theft insurance. Here's the deal. Thanksgiving is a time to celebrate family. And we just want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in today on I Work For Him. Craig, thanks for a fun, fast-moving show. Thank you, Jim. Great to be here. You know, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show right here, Thanksgiving Eve 2015. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Jose Cruz for doing a great job. Keep me on time. Taking all those phone calls. Man, the phones were off the hook. Or maybe not. Okay. Uh, thanks so much to our show sponsors. Hey, go out to our website, iworkforhim.com, and link to them. Check them out. Most Insurance, Bel Air Wealth Management, Red Rock Leaderships, and Trust Services. Do business with them. Those people support the show each and every day. Hey, as you're home this weekend, I'd like you to go out to iWorkForHim.com with your family and click on the I Work For Him Nation tab. As my family's listening in Minnesota, your family's listening somewhere else. Click on the I Work For Him Nation tab and figure out how you're going to take this city, your city, for Jesus Christ. You know, we learned today that it's our choice to be thankful, to be grateful. And I know that that attitude carried forward into your home, into your workplace, will make an incredible difference. You know, each and every day I remind you that we need to be praying for our coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Why? Because I'll get kudos for it? No, because praying for people changes your heart and enables God to use you in a way that would never be possible if you're trying to do it all on your own. We've been all called. Some people get called to the pulpit. Some people get called to the foreign mission field. But the majority of us get called to our offices, to our cubicles. And in that, we've been given a huge mission to reach those who would never go to church to help us be the Jesus that they may, you may, you may be the only Jesus they ever meet. Take that seriously. Join the I Work For Him Nation tonight. 
You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.